0: This podcast is brought to you by Mezcala Nursery, located at 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805. Mezcala, family-owned, family-ran since 2007. This place is my happy place, you guys. I'm there all the time. It's a giant piece of property full of greenhouses packed to the brim of everything you can possibly imagine, from your landscaping needs to house plants to cactus and succulents. They even have a greenhouse solely dedicated to rare and obscure collector specimens. I'm talking, I've seen Monstera albos there. I've seen Thai constellations there. Rare collector specimens that I can't even find online, I find them there. If you head over to their Instagram, at Mezcala Nursery, they keep their stories updated daily of these plants that can come and go really quick. You could miss it. Make sure to go check it out. Not only that, They treat you like family. I bring my kids with me, you guys, and I always have an amazing experience. Such great customer service, so helpful, so knowledgeable, and prices that can't be beat. Bring them a price from another nursery, they'll beat it. Bring them a price from a big box store, they're going to beat it. 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805 Mezcala Nursery. Tell them I sent you. Welcome back everybody to of Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on June 15th, 2021 with my guest, Filter Free Jesse. Jesse's super good people. I really enjoyed her company tonight. I feel like we vibed well. We talked plants. We talked music. We talked a little bit of mental health, plant therapy. She's also the owner of dory rolls a baked goods company you can find that on instagram at dory rolls which was actually inspired after the name of her dog dory who also has an instagram at dory.sits make sure to go check out jesse at filter free jesse you guys show her some love hope you enjoy filter free jesse is in the house hello welcome to the show
1: thank you thanks for having me absolutely it's my first podcast, first anything recorded.
0: Okay. No mm-hmm. worries.
1: Yeah. I like speaking in front of people, but on a phone or a computer, it's way different for me.
0: It's funny because, like, even when you're just talking in Zoom, it's different than when you hit record. You know, once that recording's on, it's like yeah. slightly different for some reason. Oh, yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I like to think of it as like, we're just having a conversation, but it happens to be being recorded, you know, mm-hmm. try to forget the fact that it's a podcast.
2: It yeah, a I will bit, very quickly,
0: you know, so uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're, are you from San Diego?
1: No, I just moved here a few years ago. I'm from Riverside originally.
0: Okay.
2: okay.
1: Yeah. And then I lived in Washington for a year or two when I was younger, mm. like a toddler Um, so my first memories up there and, but mostly moved, lived in Southern California in the Inland Empire. So San Bernardino, Colton, Moreno Valley, Mm. Riverside, all the fun spots. Um, so yeah, I, from the Inland Empire is just what I say.
0: Okay. Did you bounce around a lot?
1: Yeah. I've I've lived in probably close to 30 homes in my lifetime and I'm 35. So wow, moved around. So even, even though, uh, I had a lot of different homes. I was in Riverside for the most part and then in the deserts. Oh, I forgot about that. I lived in the high desert when I was younger for three years in elementary school and I hated it and uh, in high school and I hated it then too. It actually took a lot for the desert to grow on me.
0: Yeah. What's that? Like Lancaster or or uh, Whitewood? Hesperia?
1: Yeah. Is that near Whitewood? It is. You know, All I can explain is when you're on the Cajon Pass and you're going up the Cajon Pass and you Mm -hmm. hit this in and out. Now it's all developed. There's like a Target and a Walmart on either side, and the, the In-N-Out's kind of buried, but that's where it was. Mm. It used to just be an In-N-Out and a Stater Brothers and like one elementary school or two. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it up there. Um, it, the, the views were really pretty, but the weather was really horrible. Yeah, Um, I don't know why Joshua Tree is so different because that place is really awesome and it's the same elevation it's got the same like plants and everything they have a really cool music scene both underground and popular and same with the art scene there and all your desert weirdos feel like Hesperia is more like I don't know Lancaster like Atalanto yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. just like no real like culture Uh, yeah so it took I related that with the desert for the longest time until I spent a lot more time in other deserts and realized yeah. uh, how gorgeous it was and kind of all the weirdos and all the art and the, the author the authors that come out of it. Oh man, I love reading quirky desert books.
0: Oh cool. So you're a big yeah. reader?
1: Uh when I yeah, when I remember I go through bouts. I used to be a bigger reader, but I'm so busy. Yeah. I don't read as much. Yeah.
0: I can't tell you the last time I read a book, but I do enjoy it when I do. Yeah. For yeah. sure. They got those audio books now. I've been like push, trying to push myself to doing it because I hear a lot of people talk about how they listen to books and you can get through them like kind of quickly, but I'd imagine yeah. it's like a different experience. It's not the same as having like a hard book.
1: No, I like reading. I read faster than the audio books. My brain just goes like this all the time. And so I'll I'll just skip words, like speed read almost. So I, I finish a book in one to three sittings. Nice. Um, Another reason why I don't read as much because I just don't have the time to stay up for hours reading. And mm. I won't put it down. I will skim through half the book in one sitting.
0: Mm. Get caught up yeah. in it and binge read?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So I, w- I would think that um, living in all those different places contributed uh, in, in a positive way. I'm sure there were some parts of it that were difficult, but in, in into making you like an interesting and, and eclectic person, I feel like. Those are the type yeah. of people that I, I tend to come across that, that moved around a lot. Lots of yeah. experience and culture and, you know.
1: Even for Southern California, it was vastly different. Every right. neighborhood I lived in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up around a lot of, I was very poor growing up. So saw a lot of gang activity, but saw a lot of, um, my family wasn't very good. But in the neighborhoods I did see, it was around a lot of the Mexican neighborhoods more. And mm-hmm. their family gatherings and, and birthday parties, every, oh. Uh, is awesome. Yes. Um that's the kind of stuff I, I took with me. Uh, a lot of immigrants who come into Riverside for some reason. So I mm-hmm. there's like a lot of foreign exchange students as soon as I was in elementary school. I think the first one's Romania, two kids from Romania when I was in the first grade and I was so interested in in anything different. Yeah. And so I just asked them about uh, you know, their food. Food is so big and right. uh food and their home life and uh, you know things that they liked about it. So I started learning very young about other cultures, even just living in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think people realize just how much of an influence it is in these areas specifically like Los Angeles, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of Hispanic uh, influence. And I I identify a lot with Hispanic culture because we had like a Hispanic uh, babysitter when we were kids and when we like spoke Spanish, but I'm Filipino and we kind of share family values a little bit, you know um But yeah, I absolutely love Hispanic culture and and those types of neighborhoods. I lived in one in Long Beach for quite some time too, and the to parties all night. And you know, yeah. you got quinceañeras every weekend, and yeah, tamale yeah. tamale ladies walking down the street.
1: Oh, I love that the cart. Oh yeah, or, that, yeah, we don't have that Lote. this neighborhood I live in. I miss it, but they're on Fiesta Island sometimes, which is uh, like a dog park, free beach area for everybody. And that's it. They don't have the corn anymore. So yeah. I do miss that. Yeah. But I, I definitely uh, feed everybody that comes to my house because I saw that so much growing up and yeah. I loved it. My mom didn't cook very much. Um, and I, I think I saw the food as part of the, the community aspect. So I even cooked for a long time. I was uh, in the work restaurant industry for 10 years, mm. especially
0: Hispanics yeah. in that, in that as well. Right. Yeah. Lots of yeah. Hispanics.
1: They were the ones that taught me the most.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know what? They're you must have really accomplished um, quite a bit, because I, I saw your house when I went to go drop off the mic, and you live a block away from my uncle. It's such a beautiful neighborhood. I was sitting there, I was driving to your house, and I was thinking about how I want to live down there, and my girlfriend's from there. Uh, she's from, uh, what's the neighborhood called? I don't remember. It's right nearby. Um, Claremont? Claremont Mesa? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Uh, my uncle lives literally uh, like right next to you and uh, I love that area I would love to get down there I just have my kids up here one of my kids is up here so it would make it a little complicated but I do have a goal to try to get down there I think it's going to be like a little compromise for my relationship as well but it's beautiful where you were And a funny story I went to drop off the mic you told me to to drop it off in your back porch and I was making my way, because you weren't there, I was making my way into your house, and I felt like all the neighbors were looking at me. I was super anxious. They're like, who's this guy parking in front of the house, like, you know, blocking the driveway. I get out of the car, and then there's kids playing next door in the backyard, and I'm just like panicked, dude. And I tried to film myself, because I wanted to post it on Instagram. I wanted to post myself putting it down, and uh, ended up just filming myself running away. But I was so nervous I didn't make it to the porch, dude. I I only made it about halfway through the backyard. I sat down the mic and ran back to my car. I was like so embarrassed. I was all texting you hyper like typos with a fucked up video.
1: (laughs) It's just on the ground like shaking. Uh You're just on your phone.
0: (laughs) At least you got it. And you sound great. Quality sounds good. Yeah, it's a
1: great microphone. Uh, yeah, people come in our backyard all the time. We have a sewer back there for the city. So people uh, walk back there. So I can't have my plants like anywhere near there because the city workers just destroy them. They've knocked down so many cactus and oh, I can't plant a lot of them, them in the ground because we don't own this home. Yeah, And uh, well, I want to take a lot of the plants with me. And then we get a lot of the neighborhood dogs will come back. I don't know if they smell my dogs or, but they just run back in the middle of the night and get stuck in my backyard. They can't find their way back out. Wow. And so I'm like the neighborhood rescuer of, of their um, escapees. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm.
0: I have some I have some questions for you, but I'm not, I don't want to get there yet. Cause I, I actually like kind of creeped through your Instagram and it, it just made me think, <laughs> I'll just give you a little hint. I, it made me think of the mannequins and I see oh. them behind you.
1: Yeah. Should yeah. we just go there
0: now? Can you tell me about yeah. the mannequins? What's up with the mannequins?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I saw, I saw your highlight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wanted this Halloween decoration. It this full-size mannequin. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, and my friend actually got it for me for my birthday uh, about two years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, surprised me with it on my birthday. And so I've just been collecting mannequin parts ever since. I wanted to paint paint them, spend them to the ceiling. Um, <laughs> just... Just because, I don't know, I thought of it one day. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it just became such a reactionary thing. People just are really confused, stunned, uh, horrified. Uh, kind of creepy. Yeah, they, and so just the reaction out of that just gets me. I, I crack up at that. It's like a harmless prank. Sure. People are very disturbed, but there's no harm. Yeah. And then I get a laugh out of it. Dark uh, humor. Yeah, so I collect little parts. There's the three heads I got from someplace, and then over here... She's late. <laughs> <laughs> and i got the full body mannequin somewhere and some other parts a torso i don't know where she's at just she's a torso laying around here. somewhere <laughs> yeah i found that funny story that uh got it in the uh like a crackhead alley of san diego mm-hmm. literally a guy smoking meth like 10 feet from it oh yeah and earlier in the day i park in this. it's the last free parking in downtown san diego i'm not telling anybody where it's at ads uh, but you have to deal with a lot of homeless people in literal like uh, crackheads and people do meth um, but they don't mess with our car if you don't mess with them so uh parked my car there and i saw a bunch of guys sit around this like mannequin torso and i was like oh maybe i should i should ask to buy it off of them and and then i didn't have anything shorter than it or smaller than a 20 and i didn't want to give them 20 bucks for it, it was really <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then i came back to my car later on and it was just there, and the person was about seven to ten feet away, spoken meth. Hell, yeah. And then I got, like, really nervous to take it um, because, uh, in my experience growing up in, the, in poor places, uh, I've been chased by or harassed by people on drugs. And, mm-hmm. and so I got really nervous so that my boyfriend, out of all people, who's usually a wholesome, very wholesome person, just went and grabbed it and threw it in my car. when <laughs> 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 so, I was too nervous, too.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah, he's never had the experience of being chased by a crackhead like I have. So, right. Um, I had uh, some fears in the past.
0: Yeah, they're like so a, unpredictable.
1: Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I had one chase me uh, going to a party at like 4 a.m. and some lady's like, You got a dollar? And I was like, No, I don't got a dollar. She's like, You look like you got a dollar.
2: Started chasing <laughs> oh, <no>. me. I was
1: Oh, I had to find my friend who's crossing the street, luckily, at the same time. But yeah, now I'm a little nervous to like take things from. I don't want to take a mannequin or someone smoking meth. Yeah, it could be meaningful to
0: them. It could be their girlfriend. Yeah.
1: You fucking never know. She cleaned up nicely. She lives with us. She's doing great. Thanks for asking.
0: Well, I saw you acting them out. Like I saw in your story. If you guys go check out her highlights, she's got them like walking out the, peeking out the door. She's like kicking them out. You're kicking them out. Yeah.
1: Out. (laughs) (laughs) The creepy babies. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) The little dolls and there's mannequins. I was laughing
1: was so bored that night i had to do something and it was his birthday and he was working i was like we'll throw a party with the mannequins and i wanted like a picture or two that it just turned into this project i could do all night long keep me entertained yeah and then i stopped when i got bored
0: cool well, i see your artistic side and your creativity and do you like horror at all like i'm a horror fan so i i appreciate like dark dark humor darkness creepy shit well,
1: i love i love dark humor very very much darker humor than i let off mm. um very very dark it's how i cope with things yeah and there's a lot of trauma so just i don't know use that to cope um yeah but you know horror i loved when i was younger and the older i get the more anxious i get so now if i like watch horror film at night i'm up like dreaming of it yeah and i'm not scared of it it's just uh it's like my mind can't Whatever I watch, I have to watch something boring at night. Otherwise, I just dream it in my head. It's so annoying. Yeah. So action films and yeah. like horror films are very tough for me to watch now. Yeah. So yeah, I like them, but my, my brain just hangs on to the anxiety. It's super annoying.
0: Hey, you know what? I actually this is a recent uh, thing too that changed for me. I always loved horror since I was a kid. I always loved like you know the original Halloween and like old school slashers. But i might I'm easily startled with PTSD, and I imagine that you experienced something similar um oh, yeah. i'm easily startled and the the graphic images the violence because there's a lot of violence in my past it'll creep into my dreams and stuff so i i can't enjoy it like i once did but i still still love it you know i still got a special place in my heart for me but i tell my the lady that all the time i'm like i don't know if we should watch this dude like right before bed because i'm yeah. now i'm having yeah. flashbacks you know <laughs> yeah. nightmares
1: yeah i have the stress dreams so yeah. it's not like fear, it's like stress, like oh, I have to deal with this and, and it, that's quite annoying. I've, yeah. So I watch like, I've been watching Star Trek at night because it's so ridiculous. I can't dream about it, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah I like it, to know. try to set the mood before bed, actually. That's something I learned how to do too, like to watch something lighthearted or listen to a podcast. And even I, I would love to like not watch anything for the first couple hours or not go on social media, but I don't do it. But I know that uh, that can be helpful for people yeah. that are dealing with those kinds of things, yeah. You
1: know? Oh yeah. I've had like insomnia most of my life uh, since I was eight, seven. Mm. It is crazy because ne- all the trauma I've been through, none of it happened at night. So mm. I don't understand why I always had this. I just could, my brain never shut down. It yeah. was up forever. Be sent to bed and just be up for hours staring at the ceiling. Mm. Um, and I think because of that, I didn't learn to soothe myself to sleep properly.
2: Mm.
1: And so now as an adult, I have like these routines like if i i have to zone out on tv which is usually counterproductive but especially if i'm having problems sleeping i just put on subtitles
2: Mm.
1: and the subtitles will help me like doze off because it distracts my mind (gasps) otherwise i spiral into stress and even after years and years of therapy i don't know i just there's just stuff stuck in there yeah Uh, i heard you guys talking on the maze on the podcast before last with may about traditional like talk therapy and how it's archaic. And I 100% believe that, uh, they talk therapy has its place sure, and it's good in the beginning, but for trauma, I mean, yeah, it has to be processed in different ways. And sometimes it takes people a long time and I'm one of those people, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it can be lifelong for sure.
1: Yeah. And gardening helps a lot. So when I garden, I like, I garden, I like dig and tear down stuff, but I don't use a whole lot of tools, uh, a shovel maybe some clippers
2: mm. and
1: so i get this whole like workout and then i read uh some book uh body keeps the score i think i wrote you about it yeah. and about how you process trauma through you actually have to process it through reconnecting with your body because trauma is just a, a memory that you physically relive
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: it's not a, a past memory like it should be so it's a disconnection from the body and the emotion and the best way to deal with that is to connect the body Yes. by emotions, so horse therapy is excellent for people and mm-hmm. um and gardening gardening is excellent plants help so many people in different ways not just medicinally but also just so the guard just being around them and yeah and uh, some people train dogs like the prisons they have like dog training programs that are excellent right you know keeps violence down they're just reconnecting with your body rather than talking about trauma having to keep it live in your fresh in your head all the time
0: you're absolutely when right when you've already right. thought
1: about it like a billion times like yeah. you, it's good at first but then it's like you you just talk about it, it just keeps bringing it back
0: yeah how many times do you want to keep opening up that wound over and over again and and closing it is a lot easier said than done and you're right I think traditional talk therapy can be very useful for things like couples maybe even like coping skills learning coping skills and mm-hmm. things like that but like processing trauma in the traditional sense. With a therapist you have one hour maybe to talk about it you know and you might leave feeling worse and that's there's new things that are coming up which are not all necessarily new but like you're talking about yeah absolutely uh it talks in that book about uh how your body stores trauma not mm-hmm. just in your mind but like everywhere in your body oh, wow. you know and yeah i get it on the little spiritual side like into your solar plexus area that those mm-hmm. kinds of things and, uh, yeah, I believe that to be true. You can find a real release by by energy movement, by moving your body, running, gardening, something with movement that it, you, I, I've found myself just feeling so much better after that, way beyond more than I can with talking about it. You know, I don't want to talk yeah. about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: Once you've done it, you don't need to do it. When it comes to trauma, when it comes to smaller things. Yes. Or if you haven't talked talked about it before, it's really good. Then, otherwise, sure. it's just reconnecting your body.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, gardening's excellent because it's even though it's it's a slower symbiotic. thing, Your horse therapy is pretty instant. Like the horse yeah. reacts to you immediately, uh, so a lot of people get uh, good results from there. But I like gardening. I like the slow project mm. of always having something to do. Uh, yeah. I have something to look forward to, to keep busy. Um, and when I go through my bouts. Um, it's great having cactus that can deal with me neglecting them for a little bit. Sure. When I take some time away because I'm just a little too stressed and it feels overwhelming. Good point. Um, feels way better than uh, gardening other stuff that needs water all the time because I've killed all those in the past.
0: Sure. Yeah. Excellent point. Let's talk about gardening. When did the gardening start?
1: When I was a little kid. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It was, I don't know, my mom had a friend that got those little petunias or whatever home depot flowers you know little six pack and
2: mm-hmm.
1: and put them in the front yard and i just had a lot of fun digging and planting them and then i just kept doing it and even though we were poor i could afford like a dollar fifty either like a dollar a dollar fifty at the time for a six pack of plants and just water them sometimes and i loved watching them and then they got to be an adult and i got busier couldn't keep all the flowers alive couldn't keep any and i just was frustrated then i didn't have yards mm. and then one day, my daughter picked up this succulent. It's a very common succulent at a farmer's market and mm-hmm. then forgot about it. And so I took care of it. And then I just started getting interested and then picked up all more common plants and then moved on to, to cactus. And cactus are there. They fit me way better.
0: Mm. Yeah. So you were inspired by the resilience after your daughter forgot about hers and it was still there. It was still alive. Yeah. And yeah, it made me want to take care of it. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just
1: some basic sedum. I, one of the orange ones. It wasn't anything in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started getting annoyed with succulents and how finicky they are. They are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah got into cactus. So I feel like the rewards better. Yeah. Uh, pretty forgiving and yet so particular at the same time.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing about succulents is I don't like l- watching leaves go. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. Like they, I'll have leaves brown off, and I think I'm doing something wrong. Maybe it's natural process. I don't know much about it, but like I, yeah. I don't have a lot of them. I have maybe a few. Yeah. They look nice. They're pretty.
1: Yeah, sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Good cactus spirits now?
1: Yeah. Uh, well no, I have lots of succulents, but still, but most of them are in the ground. And then they're gonna stay here whenever I move out of the They this do place. better
0: in the ground, right? That's yeah, what I've been I mean, told. In San Diego, succulents do better in the ground.
1: In San Diego they do. Mm. I mean mm. I'm by the bay well, you saw my house, so I I don't have to water anything. I just water sometimes in the summer. Mm. And that's it. I don't water at all, and they just thrive here. But mm. this is where a lot of them come from.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think
1: Gnosis Nursery had posted not too long ago. Um, I believe it was Gnosis. Dean posted that San Diego County was the most diverse, like desert or cactus, like plant, desert plant area. And like the, forget if it was North America or all of the Americas, but it's the most diverse for plants. Mm. Um, and I started noticing that because anytime I travel to like Utah, Arizona, it was pretty, but uh, I felt like, okay, well, there's like two types of cactus. Oh, maybe there's a third. Oh, there's a yucca. You know, oh, what? there's a saguaro and that area of Arizona is cool. But for the most part, when I travel, I, uh, we have so many things here, just grow on the hills. Yes. I mean, just go for a walk and see like 10 different types of cactus or succulent, cacti and succulents. And then um, so I've learned to... It just, they just grow so well here naturally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, unfortunately for that, I do get underwhelmed when I travel and I look for plants and I only find like the same type over and over.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: in Utah it was gorgeous, but I kept seeing like one, one type of cacti.
0: Yeah. No, that was it. Yeah. The landscape in Utah is mind blowing. Gorgeous. It's the most
1: beautiful state.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Love that place. Um, but you're right. Yeah, we do have quite the diverse uh, kind uh whatever selection of plants here. And you even see like people growing tropicals and thriving here as well, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, my
1: roommate does that. Yeah. Yeah, my roommate has her own like houseplant business and it does really fine here in her room.
0: Right. Yeah. Houseplants, yeah. everything. Everything does tends to do pretty good here. It's cool. So uh, you want to tell me? over there. Hi,
1: she sits, <laughs> she's awkward, and she's very uncomfortable right now. uh
0: you want to tell me about your your um what do you call them your baked goods?
1: oh yeah, when did that making, start when um probably when my kid was a baby, so fifteen years ago, mm. I made the pumpkin roll on the back of the libby's can mm-hmm. And it just was so cool. And then I just improved upon it. And then it just strayed completely away from the recipe, created my own recipe. And, and then I did it so well that people in the restaurant industry were buying them for me, even bakers, people cool. who could bake well, it's something about the way that I do. I'm just, I do it well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, that's, that's just how it is in the food business. There is a girl I went to or I knew in the industry and she made these pumpkin pies to sell them for 50 bucks. So she's made the best pumpkin pies and, And so I'm like that with the rolls. I just I make those. Hardly anybody makes them. The only places I've seen them are Asian markets, and Mm. they're usually like ube or mango. I love
0: those ones. uh, More eggy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They are good. They're definitely. That's the only like market that has them, Mm. and but nobody really has, I think they're tedious to make. So I started creating my own recipes because I can't find them online.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And, uh, and then I just uh, I don't know. I just really good at it. (laughs) I don't know what I do differently than other people who make rolls. I've even like scoured the internet and see the pictures people post, and they look awful. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm doing differently. It's just something I do really well. It just stuff. yeah, yeah. And I did work, you know, in the restaurant industry for ten years. I was a baker for a while as well, a cook, and, and then a baker. And so I, I don't know. I just pay attention to the details. I do them well. Put a lot of care into them. And then I love feeding people. So I get a lot mm. of enjoyment that you know when people get my food. Yeah. Uh, it makes me really happy.
0: Yeah, that that's a great way to, to bond with people and connect with people from all different walks of life because that's like a universal language right there, right? Food. Mm-hmm. Everybody oh, can yeah. appreciate food. Yeah. That's beautiful. F-
1: follower of Anthony Bourdain and mm. always travel the way he does. And he, he's a huge advocate for the world, uh, for cultures, and is specifically mm. through food. And I think there's a quote about uh, a dish is often... A complicated but de- no a delicious but complicated answer to to i don't know uh, complicated problems mm, mm. and it's so true I, that's not the exact quote but it's along right. those lines and and so i'm a big believer in that and taking care of the food you feed people could say a lot about yourself and how i don't know it's the way i can show love and i guess
2: great yeah
1: yeah the cactus community was an unexpected like demographic everybody loves them uh and so I, I just love giving them out to everybody uh, within the community. Almost every every one of the, all the major people on Instagram have had them at some point yeah. if I've seen them in person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. That's the cool thing about plants. If we've said it before in the show is that they can go with anything, absolutely anything. And that's what I told you the first time I met you when I saw you at the show. The mm-hmm. Plants complement everything. You can spruce up any kind of pop-up that you're having with just a few plants, you know, even if they oh, don't yeah. sell. You know, it's yeah. just – kind of is appealing to the eyes
1: yeah definitely
0: yeah so i was going to ask you where did that inspiration come from but it sounds like it's from working in the kitchens mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah the mix of growing up in the neighborhoods I, I i was in and then oh also for a short time my mom was married when i was a little kid uh to a, a mexican it, it mm-hmm. very uh i don't know if he was an immigrant or his parents were immigrants but they were very they still threw traditional all the all the the ragers you know that the Mexican families have and right. so some good memories I had as a little kid for a short time when they were married was like making tamales around Christmas and mm. every birthday every wedding every anything Christmas Thanksgiving was always a big thing and people were in this kitchen it was always hot but we'd all make food and us kids would run around and adults would have beers or whatever but it was always really really good time and just filled with food all day and, yeah. and I love that and sometimes when I go to Parties with, I don't know, other types of Americans. It was just like there's some pretzels and there's some chips and there's some, you know, sure. onion dip and and it really wasn't a, I don't know. I felt like food was central to a party, and, yeah. it, and naturally, I went in the food industry and um, I still think that to this day. Yeah, yeah. So a mixture of see, have having those good memories around food uh, for a short time in my childhood and then. And then in the restaurant industry itself, just appreciating the the care and all the labor that does go into food all the way from where they're imported from to the kitchen and nobody's paid well enough for it. So it really is all labor of love, every bit of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize that. Like even myself, I don't always appreciate it. But I love when I watch like a documentary or something, a show about. that shows you, it breaks it down. You know, to, like just how many hands things have to cross through, and treks that people go on to get us certain things. You know, and the work that's yeah. going into the farmers and, and all of that. You know, can very it like it goes forever. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, do you want to answer some questions? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We got a good amount. Let's see. We can start with... Shot by genus. Maddie said, why are you so cool and nice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have a dark answer to that, actually. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, I grew up around a lot of like terrible things. I had great memories spotted throughout my life in early adulthood, my childhood and early adulthood, but I don't know. I saw a very mean and very hard world and Mm. I'm kind of bitter. Like Mm. I really am a bitter, dark person, but I don't like repeating that kind of stuff. So I do my best to try to treat people with respect and be nice, even when I'm not feeling well. Don't always do it. I wish I was like a warmer physically. Like I wish I gave hugs more. Um, but I do try. I do hear that a lot like that I'm nice. I'm like, "Oh, really?" cuz I'm kind of kind of a downer, <laughs> but I guess I just don't like to repeat that in the world. I, I watched the Mr. Rogers documentary and finding out that he started his show because he was angry at what the world was offering children on TV. It didn't necessarily come from a place of uh, of like you know, "Oh, this is good. I'm going to do good things." He was yeah. just very angry that nothing was <laughs> Educational and positive, and he was like, "Well, nobody's gonna do it, so I'm gonna do it." And that's actually was his motivation it was like anger and frustration. Mm. It made me feel very normal because that's what I feel that I deal with a lot, and that's actually what fuels me to be nice. Um, Yeah, I don't. The world kind of harsh, yes. and it, it's so much better to have better, nice experiences with people.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, It sounds like like you're channeling, and th- that happens a lot in different various different forms of artwork and expression but uh like you're channeling that pain and the anger and the frustration into you know you don't want to put that out into the world it might not be necessarily what you're feeling uh inside which i relate to 100 you know um but yeah you get back what you put out you know and that's yeah
1: i definitely have now uh the people i had around as a young adult or even you know when i was a kid i didn't have much choice then but uh, over the years, it's been better and better people, yeah. healthier people, yeah. even if they have their own, you know, stuff that they go through. So healthier as a individual. Yeah. And so it's been rewarding in that way where I feel like I have a safety net of like friends and, and where I didn't have it growing up mm. and I didn't have it as a young adult. It's right. definitely paid off. It was not why I did it, but I'm glad that it's that that's what's become of it. Yeah. I feel safer in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? I can be really mean. People tell me I'm nice, but I can also be really, really mean. (laughs) You know, this depends on the on the company. (laughs) You know, yeah, and how you treat me.
1: It takes me so long. Yeah, exactly. It takes me so long to get mad. uh, Um, That when I do, it's just I get kind of mean, and I'm not always proud of that. It doesn't happen too often. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I, I try not to be like that just every day.
0: Right. Yeah. Well those, I think, those who deserve it. I think it's great that you like um are able to identify and, and honor the fact that, that you have these other parts of you, you know. That's what makes us us, you know? Mm-hmm. Good, bad, light, dark, all of it. Anybody that doesn't say they have all those range of emotions, I don't know. I don't know if I believe it. Shop yeah. Genius Genus also said hi. Hi, Maddie. Hello. Hi. Funky Aeonium. If you were a plant which one would you be, and why? This is funny because I wanted to ask this question.
1: Oh, really? Yes. Oh man, I wasn't prepared for this.
0: Let's just say if you were a plant for, well, it says period, but even if it was just for a day, that's the way I was going to phrase it. But, um, yeah, if you had to be a plant, which one would you be, and why?
1: Hmm. Does that have to be drought tolerant? Mm-hmm. Probably. I want to. I don't know. What's a trickster plant? Because that—that'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that would be. I'd say like the choya, but those are just mean. Those fall and they're very mean.
0: Something deceptive.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not harmful. Mm, I don't know. That sounds really bad, but I just think it'd be funny. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. I was like try to think of all these questions you were you you could ask, and I I, I don't have it's a okay.
0: clue. <laughs> we could circle back to it.
1: I don't know yeah let me think let me think about that for
0: a while (laughs) yeah we know what I did when I was preparing I was preparing this question for a different guest and I've been meaning to ask it it was actually in my original list of questions that I was going to ask people and uh, I went and looked up what the oldest plant was and I don't remember what it was but I was like thinking I would want to be one of those plants in those ancient times and see the world from their Mm -hmm. perspective but I think just for a day because I don't think I'd want to be a plant forever um yeah cactus cult ceramics what are the similarities between the punk scene and the plant scene both bad and good
1: oh yeah i've seen actually a lot of like punks and metalheads in it it's 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 new i think Mm. uh for the plant scene i think it's awesome i don't know why punks and stuff have been attracted to it maybe it's because it they're um the whole neglect thing i don't know in my in my experience the punks haven't been the most reliable
2: mm.
1: uh including myself especially you know younger when we're drinking or going to shows a lot i think these things have uh, they're very rewarding when you can neglect them during your times uh during your bad times so that just the spikiness and so they're just cool i don't know kind of like a leather jacket that's got studs all
0: over it yeah so you grew up in the punk scene like underground oh, a
1: little bit yeah yeah
2: um
1: Yeah, I went to a lot of, frequented, oh, the Showcase, this is the shirt I'm wearing today, Uh, Showcase Theater in Corona. Cool. It's like a big punk punk venue. um,
0: Glass House? Isn't the the Glass House one too?
1: A little bit, yeah, but it it was a little far for me. I was really poor. I'd take the bus to Corona because it's from Riverside.
0: Did you ever go to the Hyundai Pavilion where they used to have fires on the grass? They used to have like these crazy outdoor gatherings. I kind of just peered into the punk scene and went through like a little phase.
1: Would it, if it changed names, I went to the the Blockbuster Pavilion. It
0: was in San Bernardino. They had
1: fires there. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the trash can I've been fires
0: too. and shit. Yeah. Wild.
1: Yeah. That's San Bernardino for you. Yeah. <laughs> that place is crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have a. Yeah, I've
1: been there. Uh,
0: okay. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I have a. I have a strong appreciation for the punk scene. I definitely would never say I was punk rock, but I, I'm a raver. I was like grew up raving. So it's a subculture similar to the to the rave scene. And actually, a lot of punks used to come around to the underground raves. Yes. And we always coexisted. So I always had a, a huge respect for the punks. And uh, yeah, they le- always liked like the hardcore techno and the drum and bass and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a lot of punk friends. I went and saw like stiff little fingers i like bad brains i saw glenn danzig oh wow i did a few shows a few like when i was younger but i would definitely wasn't like punk rock you know
1: those are some decent ones because i don't think i've seen those oh, those cool. people that's cool yeah awesome all there of others, not those that's yeah i've seen a lot of the punks go into like the burning man scene yeah. and kind of the dance music scene yeah me for one I, I go to those dance things too. Oh yeah. Even though it's never a raver. I don't know what, what it is. Maybe we just like being in groups of people, having a like camaraderie.
0: Yeah, and the underground aspect I think of it too, right? Oh yeah. Like renegade. Yeah, we like,
1: and the same thing goes for like a lot of the the uh, I don't I don't want to say like gangbangers, but there's a lot of people who were a little bit more underground with how they made their money and they'd all come to this punk the punk parties yes. and hang out with us. They were awesome.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, There's like yeah. a criminal aspect to it too that I liked because I like kind of like chaos a little bit. I'm like low key kind of addicted to chaos, or at least when I was younger, <laughs> you know? So like the thrill of being at an illegal party and the cops coming to shut it down. And the punk scene shares that same value, oh, yeah. you know? The oh, same yeah. thing. And it's a subculture. A ca- I would argue it, it's a counterculture, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, the system. Yeah. <laughs> You it's know. supposed
1: to be anyhow and then yeah the, and fighting there's some anyway i'm not going to get the politics punk rock um but i guess the bad side of the plant share the plant community and the punks what they have in common is the some of the poaching that goes on that whole illegal like criminal activity okay. activity type stuff yeah don't want to say it good point uh, i know we all do we all try not to do it but it is there
0: yeah no good point mm-hmm. and re- reminiscent of like um we're a community you know we're a community and yeah. there's there's drama just like yeah, in there any subculture
1: definitely you know? is drama i like the black community how they how we handle it way better because i feel people are pretty reasonable
0: right we're not I like see stuff each and other
1: call <laughs> each other out but they won't go crazy over it and you know violence or any of that which i do not miss uh right. do not miss the violence of you know, growing up in the areas it is, some of the punk parties would turn very violent. Yeah, like, Nazis would show up and it would turn violent. Um, but yeah, at least the play community, see, at least the us all down here, seem pretty reasonable. It's probably the, one of the best groups I've been in. Helped me through the pandemic quite a bit.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure there's some trauma that stems from being in the punk scene, because I know how those parties can get. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Like the Wild West. Oh yeah. Okay. Funky Ionium said, if any, what are some life lessons you've learned from plants?
1: Oh oh man. That you can survive on so little but uh with better care of myself, I mm. could uh be way better. You can thrive. Pro- yes. I have a problem with self-care, so I don't taking care of these plants. If I'm not good, then I don't want to take care of my plants,
0: mm.
1: and then my plants don't look as good, and then I get depressed because they don't look as good and unmotivated. So I try just to not get in that cycle. That's probably the biggest lesson I've learned from these things. Yeah. If I'm healthy, if I if I'm eating correctly or eating, uh, sometimes I just forget to eat or drinking enough water, then I'm going to be outside with my plants more often rather than just sitting on the couch being depressed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. I relate with that so much because you know I can tell I'm depressed if my plants are dying, like yeah. I, that's how I. That's like the first thing to go is my plants.
1: Mm-hmm. Mine too.
0: Stop watering, stop pruning, taking care of whatever. Yeah, gives you purpose, makes you keep going because you don't want to. You don't want to lose them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's like my dog, but less needy.
0: Hey, isn't your uh, business named after your dog?
1: <laughs> yeah, this one right What's here. What's it called? What's the what? Dory Dory rolls? Dory rolls, and that's because she. She's got these, like, neck rolls. Hi, Dory. And she's super anxious right now as there's fireworks going off at SeaWorld.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: But, yeah, she's... We started, you know, baking during the fall, usually, and then she loves pumpkins, so I'd give her the leftover pumpkin. Uh And, And then she'd gain weight. I don't know. She's a primitive dog, and she just gains weight when it gets cold, and then she gets these neck rolls, so we would call it Dory roll season. Oh. I make rolls, and she gets her neck rolls, and it just... I didn't necessarily like it as a business name, but we just needed to get something going. And then it's kind of stuck.
0: Yeah. Ever well, since. I yeah. think it's catchy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And she's a quirky dog. So now I get to like tell people about her right. <laughs> and show pictures of her. She's, she's a weirdo. Um, in fact, we made this pillow of her and this is just a picture of how she sits. <laughs> Um, she's ridiculous. So she's nonstop, like material for things.
2: I
0: mm.
1: yeah, just figured I'd make her my mascot.
0: Well, her name will live on as well. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Exactly.
0: Succulent cacti lady. Hi, May. May said, what is your profession exactly? And how did you get started?
1: Oh, uh, so I worked I work in, a, in many hospitals. I work in a navigation or I work a navigation machine for neurosurgeons. Sounds really cool. Um, I'm considered a rep, which is the same as drug salesman. But what I do is I run a computer Mm -hmm. and, like, a computer system, like a GPS. So I'm a technician. Um, I have to load up CT scans or MRI scans to this computer. Mm -hmm. And I have to link the patient with those scans onto the computer. Mm -hmm. And then the, the doctor can take these, like, tracking, like, probes, basically, or tools and they can know where they are in the brain. They can just stick this thing in the brain so they don't have to guess their trajectory. They can just get uh, right to the tumor, avoid anything they need to avoid. And it's way faster for surgery. And I also help uh, guide in holes in a. I don't know if anybody's going to get grossed out by this, but holes into the spine. So when, you're, when you break your back, they need to put rods in. Uh-huh. But something needs to hold those rods, which are screws with these special heads. So uh-huh. you have to screw into the spine, usually like this angle. And then those heads hold the rods, so then it can straighten the back out. Wow! I guide I guide those holes in, and we could put on the we could put a trajectory on the computer, like the length and the diameter of the screw. It makes you know we could put in six screws in someone's back in like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, so they and without X rays so they just take an X ray before to confirm, and an X ray after to confirm. Wow! Um, whereas before, without navigation, they take a few X rays per screw. Just wow. to make sure they're going in the right hole so it, it's safer for everybody, it's quicker as long as I'm doing my job correctly and I can trust the surgeon to do their job correctly which is usually the case and mm. uh, so I got into that because I needed out of the food industry because they just don't pay anything I never wanted to be a chef, I ended up becoming one and for a little bit and mm-hmm. I was just over it and actually it's like my father-in-law who uh, had an opening at the company. So I interviewed with his partners, not him. And they liked my personality that I could deal with neurosurgeons who can be like crazy or, you no, know, crazy's crazy is not the word. They're the rock stars at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So they, they need to be treated certain ways. And so half my job actually making them happy and making sure my stuff is correct.
0: That so sounds like a lot of pressure.
1: It is a lot of pressure. I need vacations uh, pretty yeah. regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Physically, it's way better, though. My body does not ache after work. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's nicer.
0: Yeah. Wow. So there's like some serious precision in that work. Something could definitely go wrong, right? It's like so important. You're saving lives, essentially. That's, That's crazy.
1: Helping the doctor save lives just makes their job faster. And then the less time someone's sleeping under anesthesia, the better it is for them. So yeah. it, it's just all around really good. And, and then I'm always this uphill, on this uphill battle because reps are not always liked in the hospital. So we have to be you know, extra on top of our job, fighting the social stigma of being a rep in a hospital, a third party you know, mm. in the hospital, and then making sure the doctor trusts us. That's half the job. Do they trust us? They don't even have to always like us, but if they trust our work that's the difference. So to kind of basically not freak out if things go wrong, to be able to tell a surgeon, no, to tell a surgeon to move their hand. Mm. Like it's kind of scary and intimidating at first to tell these people what to do, you know, with their, with their tools. But it, you know, it helps build trust. That's how it is.
0: Why is it third party? Why aren't you like part of the, part of the deal? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Like, why are you an outsider? It sounds like you're pretty important
2: yeah
1: if um if there were enough cranies and spine surgeries going on they Mm -hmm. would have people in hospitals we would have to do you know craniotomies all day long for it to be worth the hospital to employ their person or two people to do it and so it's easier to contract that out to we're there for the expertise so and to help out the doctor so uh they have their staff on there and it's just not worth to have that stuff.
0: Hmm. So not only are you a technician, but you also have to sell them on you being able to come in and do it.
1: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. We got, the, I got lucky cause San Diego is easy. It was already kind of set up when I came in where they trusted us already. Hmm. And I was trained under the person that they really liked and trusted uh, My father in law. And he's just like genius at some of this stuff. Uh, he'll never admit it, but he has, he's created some of the navigation technology and, And uh, and so the doctors just trust him. So they kind of see us through him Mm. down here. So I don't have to sell as much, but I do have to go in there and just be calm, be cool, like be knowledgeable, confident, even if I'm not. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if I'm having a bad day or if the doctor's having a bad day, I just have to be like Switzerland. That's what we say. Switzerland, I have to be Uh, neutral and happy. (laughs) 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 It's really hard under pressure.
2: Yeah.
0: I can't imagine how you cope with that. I mean I guess that's where the gardening comes in, huh?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Baking, yeah. gardening, anything else? My dog. Yeah.
1: I know it sounds like no, so silly, but she, she's such a weird dog. I mean, I've had dogs in the past. There's not a dog like her. She's uh makes us laugh all the time. She's really a service dog. Yeah, yeah. Yep. She picked me out at the pound a few years ago and I had to I had to get her.
0: Beautiful, mm. cool. Let's get to freezomatic. matic said, "How have you managed while being essential and trying to live a normal life?"
1: I I have not managed at all. <laughs>
0: You're, I'm not managing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who said I was managing?
1: Yeah, my you see it. So my Instagram's really nice. It's just like plants. My Facebook is where it all comes out. Oh. So the, <laughs> when the, Political climate and all the dumb conspiracies, and I hope it doesn't make people mad at this podcast, but dumb conspiracies about COVID. Uh, Working in a hospital during that time was very taxing to come out of a hospital, be screamed at for wearing a mask, which happened a few times. Wow. And have people tell me I'm making it up, I'm lying. And when I had to start working on COVID patients, people would never apologize for what they would say. It, It was just it drained me a lot. Um, I'm actually trying to recover from that. So I think I need a sabbatical, but uh, we don't have that much in this country. I don't think.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so vacations, I've taken road trips. I've gone to the desert. I've taken a lot of weekend trips. Just like, I have to go to the desert. If I'm feeling bad, I go to the desert and I guess that's how I've coped. Um, but vacations and plan and, and in in the works right now. So to kind of de-stress, I know he's been essential this whole time too yeah um probably a little bit easier because he doesn't have to interact with
2: the public as
1: much or at least yeah not with the covid patients and i don't know it's insane
0: yeah you know what though it sounds like your self-care is actually a little better than you give yourself credit taking these little trips and taking care of your plants and stuff i could imagine that was really difficult with all that shit going on i i saw it hashtag empty hospitals hashtag film your hospital
1: yeah Oh, and the reason why the hospitals were empty is because the small ones didn't have the staff in there to take care of COVID people. There's only so many beds, there's so many ventilators, and there's so many doctors yeah. to go around. And so the little hospitals were were empty. And so people go there and be like, that's a hoax. And they're like, well, no, it's just personnel. You know, they're not like fast food workers. These people are very specially trained in these things. And this is a new thing. Like, yeah, not just anybody can be treating these patients. And, and so the big hospitals were busy, yeah. like flooded, the tents in the parking lot. Yeah. Like it's crazy. So it was night and day. So I worked in both types of hospitals during during the pandemic. It was very weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's surreal. got something to say until it's like somebody in their family or they, you know, if you know somebody, your friends with somebody that's a nurse or somebody like you that works in the hospital. I personally went to the ER a couple of times during the pandemic and it was fucking crazy. I, we had a baby in the middle of the pandemic. Oh uh, my gosh. Dude, it was fucking nuts. Yeah. They have a giant tent in the parking lot and man that was an experience uh let's see 67 nester what is your favorite cactus you are growing
2: mm,
1: actually was looking at my shelf today because i i don't i don't have a favorite but i do have like current favorites um it's not a cactus though and i've been really stoked on this brought it in it's the Lino Lino phylum yeah, let me get it up there
0: we brought some plants
1: yeah. Yeah. This little one, it's doubled in size since I've had it for like a year and a half, but I love it. It's a little succulent, but I take care of it like a cactus. It doesn't like to be watered. Mm. It, it's, um, it likes to be neglected. It gives these like really hardy flowers. I was told they were super sensitive and finicky. I've had zero problems with it. I water it when I water my cactus It's so happy. Mm. Um, and
2: what else you got
0: there?
1: Uh, I've been in to the a cone of items lately so these itty bitty little things this one's going dormant this one's going to go dormant
0: wait what dormant now
1: i think so just got all it was it's been cold here in san diego for up until like two days ago
0: so are they like on a different kind of seasonal thing than other
1: i don't know they wake up in the in the winter for me oh wow i don't know why maybe because that's when i water them (laughs) <laughs> that's probably why but whenever it gets hot they like shrivel up and go dormant so and i read something about it that's how it is in south africa anyway and like it doesn't rain at all in the summer so i just kind of water them like that they do really well but i kill yeah I, I thought i'd kill them and i didn't so i'm pretty stoked on them and then my probably my favorite one that i've potted up recently was the one from i got it from insane succulents this little baby
2: very cool and i
1: this gray Thompson Clayworks pot, so cool. I'm yeah. not big into staging
2: mm.
1: at all. Mm. Um, I do it from like for like an artistic point. Like if I if I like to look at it, I'll do it. I don't enter into shows. I just do it for a hobby. Yeah. Um, for yourself. So, yeah. But when I saw that pot and I, that little plant I got this year, or this year, last year, last year, within the last year, <laughs> I knew they had to go together. And that whole gray monotone thing is so cool.
0: Yeah, his his pots are dope. I've got a few of them. Love them.
1: Yeah, So those are my favorite plants at the moment. They'll probably change next month. Uh, maybe I'll have new ones. Maybe I'll we'll get rid of them. I don't know. But it changes all the time. But this lina fight, I'm so bad with saying. I'm like I know what it looks like. Lina phylum. Lina lina This one just nonstop for the last year and a half. I've loved every time I look at it. I'm in love. How interesting. So maybe it's my favorite.
0: How interesting. I don't find myself, like, jumping around much. Maybe I need to, like, diversify myself more a little bit, try new things.
1: <laughs> That's just how I am, though. I, I'm, i like, I get bored of things, and so mm. I, like, something new, something new, something new. Mm.
2: So it's
1: cool. I get to – I like a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things, but then it's hard for me to be consistent sometimes with, like, some of my hobbies. So I'm, I'm glad the um, cactus hobby's been – I guess it's – I thought it's been five years, but I think it's been more like seven or eight years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's a long time for me to have a hobby.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to to when you have a lot of interest and in, especially if you're multi talented to to focus on one thing. Yeah. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Cactus called ceramics. If you could have a superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh, I <laughs> to to like vaporize myself like in um Star Trek to transport so I don't ever have to sit in traffic oh. ever again
0: do they like teleport like teleportation i would
1: be just me myself just teleport i don't need a machine just me just being able to think of a place and go there
0: yeah that would be righteous Mm -hmm. i'm with you on that one i asked this question myself from Earthling botanical did you use did you use elmer's glue for them liberty spikes
1: oh my god i did (laughs) 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 i did the the clear the clear one (laughs) my hair is really
2: thin called it
1: I had to like, yeah, uh, it was such a labor, labor of love, but it would stay in for a week. I didn't have to do anything for a week or more.
0: I, I saw the pictures I was going through. and I was like, oh, cool. These old pictures of you with some Liberty Spikes. Yeah. Very cool.
1: Oh, yeah. I was in my early 20s in some of those. So oh, I was wow. pregnant in a few of them. I saw that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I saw the pregnant one. It's a long time ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I did ask this if you had to be a plant for for a day what would it be okay my next question and final question is if you could be any animal what would it be mine is a sea turtle because i feel like they're like (laughs) extremely wise and they catch those currents and they travel and they live for like i don't know don't quote me on this but like like over 100 maybe 200 years i don't know they live for fucking ever sea turtles
1: they do they do they look like they
0: have so much wisdom
1: they probably do they just seen a lot of stuff they're like eh
0: fine
1: yeah um my mind immediately went to um maybe just because i talked to a crow recently but probably one of those desert ravens you know they're so funny they'll um they'll like pretend to drop food in places to like deter predators and really put their food in other places They'll they'll get offended if you find like where their nest is at so being very very social animals they still have very strict boundaries to to how they are and their little circle of friends.
0: How does a raven express that it's offended?
1: Uh, <laughs> <bleep>. <laughs> <laughs> they just, I don't know. Birds have their own weird language. Um, they just, they make these sounds or they like, I don't know. It's, a, it's hard to explain the body language of some of them. I had a recent interaction with a crow. It was the coolest thing. Like, talk to me and. Was like looking at me, but it wasn't like looking at me like an animal, like, oh no, a human. It was like, what can I get out of this person? Like, it was thinking, I was, I was really impressed by it. Like, begging? Yeah. Then I gave it a little potato and I, I thought it was going to take it and it didn't take it. And I so it stayed in my finger and it like let off this cute little sound, like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so it went after it again and I let it go. And it like was trying to tell me, like, there's such cool things, man. But the ones in the deserts are especially uh hilarious they're so smart um but yeah they're i don't know just learning a lot about them i I read uh, desert desert oracle i don't know if you've heard of that public publication it's like Uh -uh. a podcast but a book and little books that go off and this guy ken lane he tells these stories of the desert all over the desert especially of this desert in particular Mm. california the southwest here he had a whole thing on crows and and uh, how he spotted the nest, and they were super offended, and that he finally spotted out where their babies were, and and um, when they were trying to trick him into like, oh no, we're not over here, we're we're over there. And
0: oh, interesting,
1: yeah, they're they know what they're doing over there. So after that, reading that story, started paying attention to the crows and or the raven. Is it crows or ravens? This is the bigger ones out in the desert? They're giant. Okay, those things just have a whole set of social, like circles um, and they're very uh uh lost my lost my words for a second a uh, very good awareness of the world mm-hmm. their predators their place in it i don't know they're cool animals probably that one
0: sorry are, are you are you like very interested in that like animals and do you feel like a like a connection with with animals
1: oh yeah yeah growing i grew up around dogs and yeah. like a lot of dogs and they were always they're probably one of the steady good things in my childhood. So I, I just uh, grew up and I'm such a hypocrite cause I eat like pig, you know, and they're smarter than dogs and yeah. uh, try to eat less meat and not be so much like that. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> when I cut down on edv, I'm sure I'll respect them more, but uh, definitely uh, I don't know. They're, they kind of remind me of like children, you know, they're, mm. they're stuck in these situations. A lot of them don't have choices. They, right. and you treat them nice and they're super good. Um, yeah. So just uh, always had a lot of respect for animals. Yeah. And even dogs get beat, you know, and they'll learn to trust humans again and be a fine companion later on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That tells Resilience me that that you awesome. give off good energy, then because animals are drawn to you, like this raven, and you know you have this connection with your dog, and you've had all these connections over the years. I feel like you would be the type to like uh, rescue, working uh, in that field, even.
1: You know, I thought about it, but I can't deal with. It's the one thing I can't deal with. Um, I can't deal with animal abuse.
2: Mm, I can't see it. Too traumatic. I,
1: I, uh, it gets in stuck in my head. I can't get it out. I've actually gone to therapy to try to talk about like animal abuse I've read about, I can't read articles. It's really weird because, um, you know, stuff happens to humans that are always bad and I can read about it and I can can deal with that. And I was a rape victims advocate for a while.
2: Mm.
1: And that was really rewarding. It was very taxing, but it was super rewarding. And I think the difference is like this terrible, tragic thing happened, but I had to talk to these people, be there, listen to them, help them through a police report. Yeah. And, and then even if they're, you know, younger, like they can be, be they they can get therapy. Mm-hmm. They can be reasoned with, you know, they can see another world. And I feel like animals don't have that
2: mm-hmm. most,
1: a lot of animals don't have that level of intelligence. So if just abuse happens and then they don't understand. It's just, it's like, you know, two or three year old, like that's their world. That's all they'll know. They'll always fear it. And I, I feel like I can't live without reality. You're, knowing what happens, yeah. You're so You're incredibly I can't,
0: empathetic.
1: Yeah, a little too much. I wish I wasn't sometimes, but it's just who I am.
0: I admire that a lot. Thank you. It's beautiful. Have you ever done any reading about empaths? I'm sorry to bring this up again, listeners. I don't think you heard that one yet with Cactus Daddy. Uh-huh. I run into a lot of people um, that I believe are empaths, which is like a form of psychic ability in a sense. You're able to feel emotions of other living beings
1: yeah i've been told that quite a bit and, so people have told uh, you you're an empath
0: they think you're an totally empath. yeah
1: and um, i read body language really well so i can if i study someone long enough i could probably dissect a little bit of their childhood just by watching them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and some people have called me psychic um yeah you know, it's up to whoever believes whatever but i i just see these little social things people do these little facial expressions as body language and I could just, it, uh, they always do things for a reason. Like people, let's see people from who got yelled at or beat a lot as kids, they'll, mm-hmm. if they're not openly defiant, they walk around hunched. That's mm-hmm. like a way to be, feel smaller. Um, and you could just tell a lot by the way someone interacts with somebody. I can. Yeah. And how they move their hands and their face, their eyes, the level at which they're talking, how close they're, if they're aware of other people around. There's a lot of things to dissect. And I think I, moving around so much, knowing so many people, it just helped me dissect those things. There's only so many things that happen to people in so many ways people cope. And so I've been able to kind of dissect a lot of people. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, it freaks people out sometimes
0: because of experiences so, that you saw at uh, things that you witnessed as well and, and went through yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's actually something that very interest, interests me a lot. Um, I've been reading about it. I have this book. I would love to like, turn you onto it. They have it on Amazon. It's really cheap. I believe that it's a gift and that you're born with. And some people say, Oh, everybody's a, a lot of people are skeptical about this idea. Oh, everybody's capable of empathy, you know, aside from like sociopaths. But, um, I believe yeah. that it, that some people call it like star seeds. Um, it gets really woo woo. But, uh, I, I think that it's a gift that you're born with and, um, uh, There's a lot of different kinds of empaths and based on like what you're telling me, if you read these, it has like these 20 indicators and does it sound like you, does it sound like you, you would like probably check them all off because it seems like that's the type of person that you are and um, it's beautiful. It's something interesting if you do read about it because sometimes a gift such as this in theory, in my belief, could kind of hinder your life because it gets in the way. Um, Mm -hmm. You know? Your compassion oh, yeah. is so strong and your empathy for other people is so strong that it could affect you, even though it's not oh, yeah. directly happening to you.
1: That's what happened during COVID.
0: Other people problem people's problems become yours.
1: It was like seeing the selfishness. Oh, it wasn't so much that, but seeing how people were so proud to be so mean and selfish.
0: Yeah. It's disgusting. And
1: it, it destroyed destroyed me and I and I wish I could turn that off, but if I turn like that empathetic side of me off I feel like I'm just like a robot I don't think it's healthy so Uh, unfortunately it does mean being heartbroken a lot in the world yeah
2: getting disappointed back
1: to why I'm nice yeah somebody's got to do it and I know a lot of people who are also nice luckily but
0: yeah yeah. I think that means that it gives you a lot of potential to uh, help people heal in different aspects and it sounds like that's what you were doing in the rape advocacy thing and Mm -hmm. you know um, with your connection with animals Cool. I, w- I would love to talk to you more about this in like a private setting. And uh, I enjoyed your company a lot tonight. Thank you very much for doing this.
1: Yeah, thank you. This is really this is nice.
0: I honestly feel like I could keep going, but I have to go pick up these plants by 930. Okay.
1: All right. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost 930. All
0: right. No worries. Thank you so much for doing this, right. Jesse. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. If everybody could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, I would appreciate that. Thank you, everyone.